Hello, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard, staff pastor or vocational pastor here in Payson, Utah at Orchard Hills Bible Church, and I am just not getting ahead uh, with this Come Follow Me schedule. I, I hope next week I can start getting ahead, but as it is, here I am recording this on Friday afternoon, just going to release it as soon as I record it. I hope next week to record a few more, but it has just been so busy here, and we got that big snow, and uh, I had a, a snow day away from my office this week, and so this is late. Sorry about that, but uh, hopefully next week I can start getting ahead and releasing these again on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. So uh, anyway, this week we are looking at Matthew 6 and 7 according to the schedule, but uh, I'm actually just going to focus on Matthew 7, I think. Matthew chapter 7 is where I will put my attention, starting here at the beginning, talking about judging others. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, at least in the New Testament, is Matthew 7, 1, which says, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. It goes on to say, verse 2, Jesus speaking, For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will, be, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So going back to what we have here at the start of the passage, verse 1, do not judge so that you will not be judged. <clears throat> well, the way that this gets misapplied, this verse, this do not judge imperative from Jesus, is that people will say we aren't to accuse anyone else of any kind of false spiritual belief. We're not, we're not to look at someone and say heretic. We're not to have debates over doctrine. Uh, we aren't to, you know, have any kind of judgment that would come across as condemning. Now, uh, everyone's going to word this a little bit differently who takes a view like this. They're going to have their own way of phrasing it. But uh, basically, at the end of the day, they're saying we are not allowed to make judgment calls about other religions. Well, is this really what Jesus is saying? Is Jesus actually calling his disciples in the realm of religion to effectively turn off their brains and not debate anybody? not correct anybody or rebuke anybody. Well, if that is what he was saying, then uh, they didn't live it out very well. You read the uh, letters from John, Peter, of course, the Apostle Paul, and they addressed false teaching pretty well head on. Uh, Jesus himself, you read the, the book of Revelation and his messages to the seven churches. How does he talk about the Nicolaitans or that church that had the woman Jezebel that they needed to take care of. 
and discipline and remove those people from the church. So, I mean, you could start going down that route, but you're not going to get very far if you're saying, well, Jesus was saying that we should just accept everybody's religious profession, no matter what it is, and don't make any kind of accusation, don't try to correct anybody, don't rebuke anybody, because that's just not what we see. So what is Jesus talking about when it comes to judging not? Uh, What is he talking about? Well, he's actually saying that we are to judge, but with a right judgment. He has been addressing in chapter 6, just before this one, hypocrites. He talked about hypocrites when they fast, hypocrites when they pray, that do what they do for a religious show, and their hearts are actually far from God. He talks about them again in Matthew 11, talks about them again in Matthew 23. So Matthew features a lot that Jesus had to say about hypocrites and their shallow judgment. So going back to our text, when Jesus says, do not judge, he's talking about do not judge with man's judgment. Do not judge in a self-serving way. Do not judge in a hypocritical way. Look at verse 6 that I stopped short of reading earlier. Jesus says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Well, how are you supposed to know uh, who a dog is or who a swine pig is if you're not using judgment? You have to use judgment. But Jesus here is saying, don't judge with man's judgment. And he describes it in those verses, those first five verses, when he says, look, you're looking at a speck in your brother's eye, but you've got a log in your own eye. Don't judge that way. You know, how can you turn and look to your brother and say, oh, let me take that little bit of dust out of your eye, that that grain of sand. Let Let me take that out of your eye. But the whole time he's having to duck and dodge because you've got a two by four coming out of your eye that's swinging all over the place. He says, verse 5, you hypocrite, take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So Jesus is saying, do not judge with shallow, hypocritical judgment. Do not judge with man's judgment. You have to go beyond man's judgment and employ God's judgment in this life, particularly in the area of religion. You have to have biblical judgment. You will not be able to judge rightly if you are your own compass, if you are your own standard. We could say it that way. But to have proper judgment, you have to submit to what God has said, appeal to God's word, be directed and shaped by, in your thinking, the word of God, and have humility in that judgment. Not some sort of false humility that makes you stop short of embracing the truth or standing up for the truth, but a genuine humility that's coupled with the truth, that actually takes the truth out into a world that rejects it and yet brings it anyway and says, this is what God has said. And this is really important to recognize in Matthew chapter 7 because farther down in the passage, Jesus is talking about more cases of us having to employ judgment, not just with dogs and pigs, but with false teachers. Matthew 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, 
but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Jesus gives this simple illustration from his day. He was often giving simple illustrations. And here he says that we will be able to recognize false teachers by their fruit. But what is implied there is if we have appropriate, biblical, sound, godly judgment. So you have to have judgment to be able to recognize a fruit, whether it's good or bad. You got to use some sort of judgment. Are you going to take a bite of that apple or are you not? Okay, how, how old is it? How squishy is it? What does it look like? What does it smell like? Maybe you're not quite sure and you do a little taste. What does that little taste taste like? All of that is judgment, okay? Well, it's the same deal when you're listening to religious leaders, when you're engaging with a church and you're participating in, involving yourself in religion. You will know false teachers by their fruit. The false prophets, Jesus says. Now, notice he's not saying you will know good prophets by their fruit. He says false prophets by their fruit. Now, there is a correlation there. I'm not trying to say, uh, hey, if, if someone's a good teacher, you'll never know by their fruit. No, you'll, you'll be able to tell that too. But it, it bears noticing here that Jesus is specifically pointing out the fruit of the false prophets. You will know them by their fruit. And so if someone is using this passage to say, hey, look at all the good works I've done, I must be right. Well, that's actually not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying you will know the false teachers by their, their not just their works, but the heart of their ministry. Because remember, Jesus is taking us beyond shallow judgment. He's taking us beyond uh, human standards here. He's saying, have a proper judgment that gets to the heart of the matter that is rooted in humble truth. Judge people that way and don't put yourself in front of them as far as you are, you know, better than them or anything like that. But based on what God has said, employ judgment. And when you do that, you'll be able to see past carnal works, fleshly works, carnal standards, You'll be able to look past all of that to see what is really there. And when you do that, you will know the false prophets by their fruits. And there are major implications for these false prophets, for people who uh, you could say are just false professors or false confessors of religion who claim to know God, maybe even claim to know Jesus Christ. But that's not the case. And Jesus talks about them in the following verses. Verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, 
did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So what, what are the many? Notice he does say many in verse 22, not a few people, but many people. What, what are they appealing to? Well, they're appealing to some sort of superficial judgment. They're going to come to Jesus and bank on him having man's judgment and say, hey, didn't we do all these good works? Even very religious or even supernatural works, prophesying, casting out demons, performing miracles. Look at all these good works. We must be good teachers. Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Because Jesus doesn't use man's judgment. Jesus doesn't have a carnal standard. But he employs perfect judgment, truth-based judgment. And he knows the false prophets, and he recognizes their fruit. And he tells his disciples that they can engage in the same type of judgment. They can avoid hypocritical, carnal, fleshly judgment and standards, and they can employ what God has given us, which is sound Bible-based judgment that comes from the Word of God. So you have to be able to employ true discernment in this life. And if you're someone who's seeking to know God and to walk with God through this life, it behooves you to check your standard. Are you judging like a hypocrite with shallow judgment? And Jesus says, judge not. If that's the case, you got you to gotta switch it up here. And you have to follow Jesus by employing truth-based judgment. And it's humble, okay? I mean, Jesus, he's the king of the universe, so he doesn't have to be humble. He is surprisingly humble, though. We are creatures, and we must be humble in our judgments, and we seek to just apply the Word of God to our life and find out what is true, what is good, what is right. We're, we're able to do this if we're Christians who have been regenerated, given life by the Holy Spirit, who leads us into truth through the Bible. So let me just give you a, a real quick, just two tips when it comes to discerning good churches, good religions, good leaders in spiritual things. How can you get started in applying what we're talking about today? Well, um, there are two key areas that every false prophet is going to tamper with. This is, I think, getting to the heart of you will know them by their fruits. The first is, what does the person do with the Bible? Because someone who's a false teacher is going to tamper with the Bible. Someone who uh, is a false prophet, as Jesus says, is going to imitate Satan and say, has God really said, you go back to the garden with the serpent, did God really say? That's the type of teaching that's going to come out of a false religion. That's the kind of approach to the Bible that is going to be encouraged by someone who is a bad teacher that you should not follow. A genuine good teacher is going to come to the Word of God believing that it is the Word of God, who's going to have the same view as Jesus about the Bible, that 
Not one uh, stroke of the law is going to pass away. That the scripture cannot be broken, is what Jesus said. When Jesus, the Son of God, is praying to God the Father, he says, your word is truth. Okay, someone who is a, a good teacher in religious terms is going to have the same view of Scripture as Jesus. Jesus did not believe that the Scripture had been broken, that things were missing from, from his Hebrew text. You know, at that time, obviously, during Jesus' life, there was no New Testament, but there was the Old Testament of the Bible, and he didn't believe that it had been broken. The, scriptures, or the Scripture remains unbroken. The Bible is reliable, and man is to submit to the Bible. A false teacher is going to say that a man can approach the Bible, or that all people can approach the Bible, as judges over the Bible, and say, no, it got this wrong, or it's missing this, or it's missing that. So that's area number one, where you can start employing this judgment. Area number two is regarding the person and work of Jesus Christ. What does the teacher say about Jesus? How does the teacher describe the person of Jesus Christ? Because the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the one true God. He is no less than the one true God of the universe. And there is only one God of the universe. We see the Father is called God, the Son is called God, and the Spirit is called God. All three are called Creator. All three are called Eternal in the Bible. And yet the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. There is distinction among these persons. But the false prophet is going to come along and reduce the status of the person of Jesus. The false teacher is going to reduce him to a creature in some way. The false prophet may still say that Jesus is God in some sense. Maybe he'll say Jesus is a God. Maybe he'll say Jesus is God. However, they're inevitably, the, the false teachers are inevitably going to ascribe to the person of Jesus some creaturely attributes. While calling him God, they will say that he had a beginning. Well, if he had a beginning, he's not God, because... God has no beginning. God is eternal. They will uh, say something like he's bound by time in the same sense as, as we are, or he's bound by space. Okay. Well, that is not a godly existence. That is not a divine existence. That's a creaturely existence. So if we are saying he's the one true God of the universe, there is only one God, and Jesus is creator God, we are saying he is in a totally separate class as the Son of God, than we humans. He took on a human nature, that is for certain, when he was born of Mary, and he added to the existing divine nature a new human nature. It was a nature that was added. But those natures don't mix. It's not like the human nature now overcomes the divine nature or anything like that. But he exists as one person with two natures perpetually. His resurrected body ascended into heaven. So we have to make sure that the person of Jesus is being upheld from a biblical perspective. And when you're judging with 
right judgment, proper judgment, those who are teaching spiritual things, you want to listen for what do they make of the person of Jesus. Number one is what do they do with the Bible? And number two is what do they do with the person of Jesus Christ? And these two aspects really feed into each other, as I'm sure you can imagine. If you reduce the authority or the quality of the Bible, you will absolutely at some point be reducing the quality of the person of the Son of God. You just will, and vice versa, okay? So those are two areas where you can start employing sound judgment, and yes, you want to heed Jesus' command, do not judge. So do not employ the, the judgment of hypocrites. Don't judge on the outside because God judges the heart. That's what it says in 1 Samuel. And we need to follow God in that. We need to pursue the heart of the matter, not superficial external trappings, but we need to go after what is foundational, what is at the core. And we need to use God's judgment as he has revealed himself to us, as he's given us truth through the Bible, we need to take that truth and apply it to life with sound, humble judgment, standing up for the truth, but doing so in a way that's gentle and shows respect. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining me today, and we'll catch you next week as we continue going through the uh, schedule that's made by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're just following along with the schedule, getting thoughts from a Christian perspective. Thanks for joining me. See you next week.